Hi, I'm Britt. And my name is Alyssa. And this is Skeletales. And this is the podcast where we strive to answer the age-old question of, is my dead grandma watching me? You know, when you're in nature, Alyssa, and you see this really cute lizard, and you're like, oh, let me hold it and look at it. It's Mm. so well-behaved, and you're like, maybe this can be like our new pet here in Oregon in our new home. And then you remember in the back of your mind that your grandma, you know, or maybe Alyssa had said, hey, (laughs) don't touch those really poisonous reptiles called rough-skinned newts. So then just... You know, you decide to maybe look it up on your phone to see what it is. And sure enough, it's one of those super poisonous lizards. And your kids are holding it lots. And your sister-in-law is holding it. And your little baby toddler niece is holding one. And you're like, oh, God. (laughs) So you very calmly say, okay, everyone, let's just throw those back in the water. (laughs) Let's go wash our hands right now. (laughs) Well... Uh We heard you, Grandma. Grandma just wants to make sure you don't get too comfortable in your new home of Oregon. She's like, (laughs) or is she like, you made a mistake. Go back to Texas. This little pond had to have had hundreds. The boys were just like left and right. Oh, my God, I caught another and another. Mom, look how many I have in my hand. Mom, look. Oh, my God. They're not even jumping out of my hand. They're just here. Were they drinking the water? They did not drink the water. No, my dog might have. Uh, So let's see if she lives through the night. But no, she didn't eat a lizard. They're amphibians. Oh, not reptiles. Thank you, amphibians. I am learning. Thanks. Animal lover, in quotes. (laughs) Brit. (laughs) Lover does not mean knowledgeable, just so you're aware. Um, no, the rough skin newt. It's the most toxic animal in North America. I don't think it's poisonous necessarily. Oh, Wait, no, it's toxic. What is, oh, yeah. No, venomous. No, no, no. Okay, it is poisonous and toxic. It's not venomous. It's not going to oh. bite you and make you die oh, like no, a Oh, no, it's very snake. docile. It was like, please. <laughs> I mean, it might bite you. Rub don't... up on me. I gotcha. <laughs> but- Sucker. But I told the story on the podcast, right? You about did. how did. Okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- I posted the show no- or not, not that I was I posted the show photos so I literally had to google the photos the photos yeah and so you know cuz I he- should have known that's why when I was like wait a second this feels fishy <laughs> why do you look so familiar I told my my sister-in-law was was with me and w- with all the kids and I was like uh so Brie, not to make you panic or anything but uh we got to this is very toxic <laughs> have to go (laughs) and then she she was very uh kept her cool on the outside but i don't think i've ever seen her speed walk as fast as she did especially with toddlers who put their hands in their mouth and everything you know so uh, yeah i was holding the daughter she had all the things in her arms and i was like constantly being she's trying my three-year-old niece is trying to like move the hair out of her face and touch her eyes i'm like don't do it I'll hold your hair back. I'll hold it back. Just don't touch your face. Oh, oh God. God. We were so stressed out. After we got everyone like bathed and soaped down, I was like, <sighs> okay, okay. we're alive. Does anyone feel numb? Okay, good. We're good. We're good. 
I at least had the luxury of realizing weeks afterwards that what had happened and I knew that my child had already survived the interaction. If I had known at that time (laughs) what we were dealing with and the potential like I would have freaked out. And I'm not sure how many people have actually like died or had anything happen just from handling them and then touching their face or mouth or whatever. Like the story of I've heard people swallow it on a dare and die. Oh, yeah. I think you literally have to eat it. Yeah. Or they boiled it in the water Uh and then uh drink the tea of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's where I'm like, I don't know, like the dog drinking the water that they're all hanging out in. I don't yeah. know. I don't, I don't know. I don't oh, know. man. Anyway. I, I could like see in my boys' imaginations, they're like, at, before I told them it was toxic, they were like, oh, my God, we live in paradise. Like, we can come here and catch lizards galore because there were so many of them just yeah. swimming around in this little pond. And they're like, I got another and another. Oh, my gosh, mom. They're like, they're in heaven. And now it'll be forever the like toxic pond like don't touch anything (laughs) yeah we've gotten over that we had a period of that with our pond too like don't touch the water in the pond there's like these toxic surely the water is probably fine though right yeah and again i think it's like technically safe to handle them if you wash your hands afterwards and stuff. but like i mean any lizard you're gotta wash your hand any lizard any newt any amphibian you should be washing your hands after you're handling any of that wildlife but um Whew, welcome to the good old PW. Yes, thank you. That's- it feels good to be here, minus you know poison scare. It's um, I like it's day one delight. <laughs> Just hop right into it. Get right yeah. into it. That's right hilarious. <laughs> um, speaking of scary things, do we just talk about poisonous amphibians here on Skeletales, Alyssa? No, we tell. What do we do? It's been two weeks. It's been too long. I don't remember. <laughs> Um, we tell true tales of the strange, unusual, and paranormal. That's right. Dun, dun, dun. I have a piece of something in my tooth, and it is absolutely killing me. Do you ever use your hair to floss your teeth? Because I'm about to do it. God, do it. Please tell uh, me if it works. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so glad this is being recorded. Totally on does. Vi- visual. <gasps> but I have, like, gappy a little, you know, I got some... That, I my think teeth. my hair's too brittle. I would literally just end up with a mouthful of hair. Ew. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes it gets stuck in there and then it like rips out. But no. Um, the hair that gets did the stuck job. in your tooth? Mm-hmm. That's, that's funny. Yeah, like, what it's if not you're do- comfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry, then I'm it's just more shit you gets stuck at in there. like a stoplight with your... Hundred <laughs> percent. That I've and been then there, and then you get startled, and your hair is just sticking out of your mouth. <laughs> no, it it's usually just a strand. But yeah, no, I like really had something jammed right there. Not sure what it oh was. Oh my god! Feeling this is better. Why women are incredible. I guess men can grow long hair too, but that's awesome. I mean, it's kind of gross, but it's resourceful. I mean, um, it's not as gross as like dirty food in your mouth. Like your hair's not that gross, is it? You like kind of wash yeah, it. I kind of wash regularly. it. I guess it's not that. I'm more that now my hair has like food from my mouth in it. So no, my <laughs> oh, hair's yeah, not. My hair is gross. Right, to gross. answer okay. that, <laughs> no, my hair is absolutely gross. I floss my teeth with it. <laughs> What's that in your hair? Oh, it's a corn kernel from uh, flossing. Oh wait, you don't eat corn. Not corn, <laughs> probably not. But any other. I, if I had to really think, what the heck? Maybe it was a piece of yeah. apple. Put a little apple in your hair. Yeah, a little apple peel. You know, vitamin C. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have any stories tonight, Alyssa? I do. Okay. So, Brett, I remember long ago, or do you want to remember remind the folks what your haunting outfit is? Didn't we just talk about it? It wasn't even long ago, wasn't it? Last oh, episode. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. It was a while ago because we were uh, talking about like, why do ghosts always wear these like willowy white nightgowns? And I was yeah. like, where is the ghost that's like nude? Yeah. Right? The one that's just hanging out in the buff. Naked ghosts, right? Yeah. Well, you don't see them. (gasps) Do you have it? it Some people do see them. It piqued my curiosity. So I've got a couple stories about naked ghosts tonight. Yes. Um, Yes, yes, yes. And so my first story is the naked ghost of Craven Street Bridge. And this takes place in Asheville, North Carolina. And there's a river called the French Broad River that runs through Asheville. And in the 1900s, there was a big storm. And normally the river runs pretty slow, but after the storm, it was running pretty high, pretty fast. But it was a very popular spot for the local kids to go swimming. And so one night, a group of boys, in again, in the early 1900s, decided to go swimming at the river in the evening. It was a super brutal hot night. They didn't have bathing suits, so they just stripped on down and did a little skinny dipping. And so they're playing in this river, and they're having the time of their lives, playing, playing, playing. And normally, apparently, if you go swimming in a river, it's normal to get sort of swept down river a bit while you're swimming and then get out at a different point, which I've never experienced that in my life. But if it's a slow moving river, whatever, you have time, you get out. Well, because of these recent rains, the river was moving faster than they realized. And all of a sudden, they realized that they were really close to the pilings of the bridge where Craven Street crossed the French Broad and where the water was flowing in dangerous rapids around the bridge, and they realized they needed to to split. Okay, so at that point, everyone gets out, and then they're like, wait, little Johnny's missing. Actually, I don't know his name. I didn't, I didn't, I could have researched that. It's the, you know, it's the 18, 1900s. Johnny's about every, yeah, Johnny. Good guess. (laughs) Billy. Okay, Johnny, Billy, Jamie. George. James, Those are all the names, yeah. Yeah, Philip. I don't, we, let's just keep naming Otis. I don't, you know, what, what's his name? Okay. So they realize little Otis is missing and they begin to search for their friend and they called out his name and they dove underwater and they sent someone running for help. There was a whole search party. They, it was, again, it was dark. So it was like just a bad timing. Um, they brought out boats and lights. They searched for the little boy and never found him. They could not find him. They had to call off the search. They think that he got stuck underwater, pinned against a rock. And then he just, yeah, was just, his body Couldn't was never recovered. Okay. So soon after the boy disappeared, some of those traveling across the bridge at the time when night fell began to speak of something strange. They said that they saw a naked boy running across the bridge, but that when they called out to him, he kept running as if he couldn't hear them. And if they ran to catch up with him, he vanished into thin air. 
And so this article that I got a lot of this from was North Carolina ghosts. And so they say that naked ghosts are something of a rarity in American folklore, although the topic of why ghosts wear clothes has been a surprisingly hotly debated one in the history of religion and belief in the supernatural. Those Mm -hmm. arguing against the possibility of the spirits of the dead returning to earth have presented multiple variations on the premise that if a ghost is the appearance of a soul on earth, for a ghost to be clothed, that means that the clothing must also be possessed with some immortal element capable of returning to earth. To put it simply, they say that if a ghost isn't barefoot, it means that shoes have souls, which is to Uh. many people on both sides of the argument, a theological absurdity. Did you know that this was like a hot topic? Like I didn't even... No, I only really started thinking about it when we started regularly telling ghost stories. And I was like, wait a minute, why is there so many billowy white gowns out there? This debate apparently is so old that it goes back to 1902. Oh my gosh. And so there's an American satirist and short story writer, Ambrose Bierce, and he lampooned the idea of a clothed spirit in his 1902 essay, The Clothing of Ghosts, stating that he would only accept as a, <laughs> he would only accept as a real spirit who appeared to him while completely nude. We <laughs> He says, "We draw the line at clothing," Bierce wrote. "The materialized spook appealing to our senses for recognition of his ghostly character must authenticate himself otherwise than by familiar and remembered habiliments." He must be credentialed by nudity, and that regardless of temperature or who may happen to be present. So I don't know what half that meant, but I'm pretty sure he's like, (laughs) you got to be naked, dude. If it's a real ghost, doesn't matter. Only credible ghosts are naked. That ghost dong is swinging. Mm. Yep. (laughs) Did you say dongs is swinging? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. What would be a ghost dong? Is there a good name for this? Let's think. Uh, 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 demon dong. Penis. Penis. Uh, penis. <laughs> dick. Poltergeist dick. penis. Polter, polter penis. Pol, pol, <laughs> schlong. What about titties? Titties? Boobs. Uh, I mean, that's like. Bo- oh, I mean, obviously, obviously. That's how I was like. I forgot that you don't say titties. I don't know. See, I told you. Although I cut all your instances of saying titties out of that episode. Proof, everyone. <laughs> Evidence. Brit says it. No. Schlong. Nope. <laughs> nope. There's so nothing long, there. Schlong. I don't think. I don't know. I, listeners, I don't know please was... write in because I'm, I'm at a loss right oh, now. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sure we've. I'm sure we can get a few of these. So to this day, people crossing the Craven Street Bridge on really hot days in the summer will see a naked boy sprinting across and then suddenly disappear. I love that. I'm. I'm going back to our sudden death things. He's naked because he died suddenly. Maybe doesn't even realize he's dead. He's oh. just constantly living in this state of like, oh, woo, swim time. Oh, you think? Well, see, I thought initially when I read this, I, would, I, I got confused. And I thought that he was running on the bridge where they jumped in. I don't know, because I used to go scum jumping in the Erie Canal off of bridges. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> don't know what it is, but. I've never talked about scumming, scum jumping. <laughs> 
Gum sounds like a mucky pool of mud. You jump. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to that, actually. I, I mean, did that as a kid, kind of. It, it, it got its name, pretty much. I mean, scum jumping. Jumping in the Erie Canal. Pretty scummy. Oh, because it was scummy. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like brown and very slow moving. Very, very sl- It is like mud puddle brown. Um, Very slow moving. The folklore of the Erie Canal and scum jumping is that people would jump in and get stuck in cow skeletons at the bottom of the water. Oh, my God. Or in shopping carts. <laughs> That's or way worse. Way that worse. you would just jump in and suddenly be like paralyzed by the amoebas or some shit that are... <laughs> You're right. The bacteria. <laughs> yeah, I did when I was scumming uh, in the village of Fairport one day with my friends. Um, a pigeon, a dead pigeon, did slowly <laughs> float by us. <laughs> and then um, this, may, this is why we're friends, Alyssa. I would absolutely have gone scumming with you. Wasn't I shitting on the the Platte River a few weeks? At least the you Platte River absolutely float. Absolutely were, the- and you were like, nobody should touch that water. I was much younger and dumber, probably because of my experience with scumming. And so it's scum jumping. That's what we call it, scumming. It's like cliff jumping, except you're on a bridge. And then the Linden Street Bridge in Fairport, where we used to go, I um, actually, what stopped me from scum jumping was it was under construction and there were chain link fences on both sides of this bridge, possibly uh-huh. not from construction, probably to keep kids from scum jumping off of it now <laughs> is what I'm realizing. But instead, what kids did was disassemble this fucking chain link fence because it was a closed abandoned bridge. It was a party spot. They right. grabbed the metal poles that went like vertical and horizontal across the the, the fence yeah. and threw them into the water. No. So I was up there. Spears. So, that you were exactly. jumping on spears. No. Because they would drain the canal <gasps> every uh, winter. Uh-huh. Not exactly sure why I never not point, but regardless, it would be full. They drained it for the winter. And one winter I was up there and yeah, spears, all of these poles were sticking straight up from the bottom of the canal. And I was like, fuck uh-uh. that. I'm n- I never scum jumped again after that. Like, nope, not doing that ever yeah, again. Yeah, don't need um, to die that way. Okay. So anyway, so I thought that this boy was scumming into this river. And jumped off a bridge is my brain thought. But no, it's on the opposite side. So is this poor little baby boy repeatedly getting out of the the river and trying to run home to his mom? Oh, like he's like, I got out, friends. I made it. Oh, yeah. Nobody sees me. What's going on? Yeah. Catching up with his buddies or something. Just repeatedly like, oh, my God, that was scary. Holy shit. Gotta go tell. He's running on the bridge, like, I'm coming, I'm coming home. Oh, my heart. But that is. Let's go with the first one where he's just always playing in the river. Yeah, he's like, let's do it again, fellas. Again. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's, you know, 1900s. Old timies. That was splendipity. It's me, Otis. Let's go jumping in the water. Woohoo. So that's my first story. Do you have a story? Beautiful. I am going with a theme tonight as well. Okay. Um, not naked ghosts. As you know, I've moved to Oregon. And so I thought that it would be apt to tell, you know, stories of like the land that I'm in now. Oh, heck yeah. So I'm telling Oregon slash Portland type stories of um, spooky shit. All right. Um, 
Number one, when I've asked anybody, anytime I come to visit, I'm like, tell me where to go haunted in Portland. Like, where can I go that is haunted? I need to know these things for the podcast. Important information. And I've been told again and again and again, the Shanghai Tunnels in Portland. Have you heard of this? No. Um, Okay, so I've got my information from TravelPortland.com and PortlandGhost.com. Apparently, no, it's not apparently, it is a fact that there are tunnels underground in Portland. Um, Travel Portland says that beneath Old Town Chinatown, Portland's original downtown, in the so-called Shanghai Tunnels, truth starts to mingle with myth. Local lore has it that a labyrinth of interconnected basements, makeshift rooms, and low-ceiling tunnels ran all the way to the waterfront, making it easy to sneak illegal goods including Shanghai victims, between shore and ship. Some say the tunnels were also used as secret passageways to underground brothels, opium dens, gambling houses, or as temporary prisons for kidnapped men and women. So, originally built around the 1850s, these tunnels were made to... Not for nefarious things to begin with. Originally, they were like, okay, the ships come into the dock. Let's bring all of these goods through this tunnel to the shops, to the bars, to these places so that we don't clog up traffic above ground. We can keep all of this stuff below ground. Um, But in the end, it ended up becoming a hotbed for criminal activity. So there were these... uh people called shanghaiers <laughs> yeah that's why i was like i don't know if i know exactly what a shanghai victim means i didn't either so the the way it goes is um these shanghaiers would hang out at portland bars and they would uh scope out their victim and it was usually somebody who was stupid drunk just like wasted maybe already passed out or on the brink of passed out and usually drinking alone And they would take this person and they would take them down to the underground tunnels that were at a lot of these bars. And they even have these secret trap doors in bars to this day that you can like see here's the secret trap door to the underground tunnel that originally was supposed to be like, you know, oh, here's a crate of whiskey. But instead, here's this drunk guy going through this tunnel. They'd sneak him through the tunnels to the docks put him on a ship, the ship goes out to sea, the drunk dude wakes up, it is out on sea on the ship. And they say, here's the story, you can work for us on this ship, or you can starve to death. And so they would be forced into labor on on this ship to be, you know, a sailor. (laughs) Like slave labor. Yeah. Shanghai. Shanghai. I did uh, not know that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it also happened with women. Typically with women, it was more for a brothel situation. I mean, I guess this shit still happens. It's called sex trafficking. Oh, it does. And Shanghai very- is just a funner word for that. Oh boy, I know. So on uh Portland Ghosts, they say. Today, the Shanghai tunnels are used mainly as a tourist attraction for people to explore. During the height of its operation, an estimated 
2,000 people a year were shanghaied through Portland's underground tunnels. According to experts, many unfortunate souls never made it out alive. Many were beaten, starved, or left for dead deep within the tunnels. Gangs used the tunnels for their hideout and would often drag their victims down into the tunnels to keep them from talking to the police. There is evidence that the gangs even kept disobedient members in the tunnel as a form of punishment. Oftentimes, the disobedient gangsters would be left by themselves with no light. Sometimes the gangs would retrieve their man after a certain period of time, and other times they wouldn't. Some parts of the tunnel go on for miles and miles. It would be easy to get lost in the dark, especially without a light to see where you're going. The labyrinth of underground tunnels is still explored today. Explorers can travel underground and see the holding cells once used by the prostitution rings, as well as the trap doors the Shanghaiers dropped people through, which they still function in some bars. Although... No one should explore the tunnels by themselves. There are many tunnels that have collapsed over the years, and some tunnels lead to nowhere. If you're going on a Shanghai tunnel adventure, make sure to stay as close to your guide as you can. You definitely don't want to get lost down there. It will come to no surprise to learn that the Shanghai tunnels are reportedly one of the most haunted places on the planet. Deep within the tunnels, travelers report feeling goosebumps as if someone is watching them from the shadows. Many people report seeing an Asian man walking past them in the tunnels. Explorers named the spirit Sam. The least Asian name you can think of. (laughs) Sorry. And say that he is responsible for turning off the lights in bar basements. Sam also likes to move things around in tunnels as explorers walk by. One tour guide reported hearing a voice calling out the name Sam over and over again. Sam, Sam. It echoed through the tunnels and scared his guests. Because his entire group was behind him, he knew that it was not one of them. He says it was one of the scariest experiences of his life. Others report seeing quick movements of shadows and feeling ghostly fingers on their shoulders when no one else is around. Most tunnel tourists say that Sam is a good ghost and look forward to feeling his presence. Other tunnel spirits are known as tricksters who just love to have a good time. They will often pull your shirt tail or gently tug at the end of your hair. One guest reported feeling a small tug on her shirt before she tripped. She was not injured, but it was an experience she says that she'll never forget. While most of the ghosts down in the Shanghai tunnels are reportedly friendly, it is better to remain cautious. Some people recall feeling unwelcome, like someone or something is watching them. One man remembers hearing the sounds of childlike whistling just before he was thrown to the ground. (gasps) After (laughs) I like that. No, those great sound effects. Love it. (laughs) After... (laughs) After... Sorry. After standing up, he turned to see who had knocked him down. Lifting his flashlight, he saw that no one was behind him. 
The man reported that it was the last time he would ever be visiting the Shanghai tunnels. Although there are some scary reports of ghostly activity coming from down in the tunnels, most of the experiences are friendly. Be prepared to experience complete darkness, bring your own water, and stay with your group at all times. Some parts of the tour are scary, but we promise you will definitely enjoy yourself. Oh, I guess this may have come from maybe the tunnel tours. Um, if interacting with spirits interests, oh, if interacting, go on the tour. All right. Oh, you never know who or what is waiting for you down there in the dark. All right. So I've made a decision, Alyssa. You're what, two and a half hours away? Yes. All right. Next time you're in Portland, here to visit, we are going to the Shanghai Tunnels. Get ready. You haven't been on a ghost tour yet, right? I have not ever been on a ghost tour. I have not been on a ghost tour. I um hate tunnels. Hate this idea <laughs> very much. Okay, um, technically this isn't a ghost <gasps> tour. It is a um a tour of some tunnels with I'm like- more scared of just the tunnels and being underground. It doesn't have to be haunted like that. <laughs> oh, right you're there not gonna come already- with me? Oh, I will. Shanghai I will. Tunnels? I'll do okay, it. Go. I'll do the okay, Shanghai go. tunnels. Um okay. A few things about this. Okay, yes. So Sam, this guy, like I, one, I feel like there must be way more. What happened to Sam? Why is he the one who's on patrol, da- patrol down there? Like, what the hell? Also, people who are um, yelling, you hear the name Sam, you he- hear the name Sam. There's a tunnel up in Snoqualmie, Washington, and it's a bike tunnel now, or you can walk through it, but it's an abandoned train tunnel, basically. And it's, I want to say, a mile long. And so when you you can ride your bike through it. And when you get to the middle, it is pitch dark. You can't see anything. It's all foggy from condensation. And the whole time we're in there, I'm like, (laughs) pretending I'm a ghost. 100%. 100%. If I go on this Shanghai tour with you, no, I'm going to oh, be that. I'm going to be like, do. Sam, I'm Sam. <laughs> I please do. So yes. that one, I feel like that could have been me yelling, like even if I was another tour guide or something, just for shits. No one was making me or it's just the fact well, that you're in a pitch, tunnel that feels it's hot. It's pitch dead. black. Like who's to say there wasn't some like tiny little Alyssa running ahead being like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh Um, But no, that's crazy. That's really sad. I again, I'm still hung up. Like I feel like I've been. Oh, I've heard the term Shanghai before. I had. I did not know what the heck that meant. I didn't either. I am like still a little dumbstruck about that. That's terrifying. So just get dropped into a hole and smuggled out like a whole smuggling ring. Yeah, and so many people must have been in on it too because. Like if it was used oh, for free commerce, labor. yeah. But like, as far as these tunnels were built to be used for commerce, like people had to been seeing shit down there and looking the other way or being paid off or whatever. Like there was no oh, police like the barkeep isn't going to let just everybody out back. Oh no, they for sure had to be in on it. Yeah, yeah. Shanghai. That term Shanghai does that come from the Shanghai tunnels or is it called the Shanghai tunnels because people were Shanghai'd? through the tunnels. Ooh, good Which question. Not sure. Not but relevant. Because it was built on the old town Chinatown, which is yeah. like Portland's original 
downtown. I think that's where it got the name Shanghai Tunnels. Is that where the term Shanghai originated? Shang- not Shanghai. Shanghai. Ooh. I wonder if we can questions. ask Sam if we go on the tour. Okay, let's do ask it. Ask the ghost. Hey, Sam. Sam. How did the tunnels get its name? Or we could just maybe ask the guide. Also That's not as fun. <laughs> not as fun. Use a Ouija board uh, while okay, the guy's I there. Am... He's like, guys, I know the answer. No, shh, shh, shh. Listen, psh. listen. Sam's gonna tell us. Not asking you. Um, I'm, I'm in. I'm down. I, I'm, I'm Great. sure. I'm curious. I'll go on this claustrophobic um, underground tour in a I'm highly on... earthquake-prone zone. <laughs> Love to. <laughs> Uh, there hasn't been one since I've been here. Um, okay, I am on the edge of my seat about your next naked ghost. Please, okay. please tell me. My next ghost story, um, I found there's many different versions of this tale. And the one I'm going to go for was from uh, Very Local. And it's from Haunted Nola, New Orleans, the freezing ghost on the Royal Street rooftop. And this is also known as the ghost of the Octoroon mistress, which I looked up Octoroon because I wasn't really sure what the hell that meant. Um, I've never heard of it. Have you heard that term before? No, I would say something with eight octa. Yeah, exactly. I think I pictured an eight room, Uh, eight sided room or something, huh? Okay. But no, it actually is a term that is no longer used, an antiquated term for saying someone who is one eighth black basically oh that is certainly antiquated yes which is also like so fucked up that they even had they identified somebody who was one-eighth black yeah, like that's messed up isn't it like that's crazy i don't know if it's crazy that's just fucked up it's just fucked up that like they looked so hard that even if you were an like eighth how, black, what what percentile yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay Ooh. So the story goes that in the 1850s, the stately brick building at 734 Royal Street belonged to a well-to-do uptown businessman and widower who owned many slaves. One of these was a stunning, hazel-eyed woman named Julie, who, it was said, fell madly in love with her master. He did not return her affection, but was happy to cruelly continue to accept her favors. Of course, that's just one version of the story. Uh Other more modern and romantic versions cast Julie as a classy girl of mixed blood and her beloved as a Creole gentleman named Zachary who returned her affection but couldn't marry her for fear of scandal. The two carried on their affair while Julie stashed out of sight on the third floor while her beloved entertained his society friends below, including other women of whom his family and society would approve. Julie understandably grew wary of this arrangement and began getting more and more insistent that her gentleman make an honest woman of her. It was said she even sought out the famed voodoo queen Marie Laveau for help in the matter. Finally, one December evening during a fancy ball, Julie demanded her lover marry her. The cruel widower slash besotted gentleman agreed with one caveat. She must remove her clothes and walk on the roof until morning. If she did this, he would make her his wife. Basically, That's fucked up. Don't do that. No. Okay. I've Hard also... No. 
Yeah, right? Don't do that. I also heard that a- another version of the story is that she, he said, meet me up on the roof and be naked and ready for me to prove your love for me. So uh-huh. she was up there waiting for him to come to her so they could okay. do their, their business up there and prove his love Boo so he could propose, boning. apparently. Uh. What's that? Repeat. <laughs> well, oh. I was still caught up on a calling naked people ghosts and i so i said boo time boning boot ooh uh, booning boo time boning okay (laughs) haunted humping but they're not ghosts yet i know i know they're still alive so that doesn't count just ignore that okay so in this version okay she's up there she's naked she's she's waiting she's not waiting apparently in this version she's just pacing like she's got it's a challenge if you do this you'll prove my love okay so she's like determined okay gotcha Never believing she would go through with the dare, he settled in for an evening of chess with a friend as the weather outside deteriorated. With whipping winds and a driving cold rain, lovelorn Julie, however, stripped as instructed and climbed the narrow wooden stairs to the slanted roof where she braved the nasty weather trying to win her nuptials. She did not survive the night. The man she loved found her the next morning, dead from the cold, her corpse still clinging to the brick chimney. The winter following her tragic demise, Julie began to appear on the rooftop and has continued to appear on cold December nights ever since. The ghost ghost of Julie is described not as a pale, wispy, Casper-esque phantom, but a slender, golden apparition, naked except for a pair of gold hoop earrings. She paces along the... She paces along the ledge of the roof for hours on end, seeming to try to ward off the cold before finally collapsing as dawn approaches. She is one of the few naked ghosts to be found in North America. Subsequent owners of the house reported that in addition to the sightings of Julie on the roof, footsteps could be heard coming from Julie's former chamber and that an ethereal chessboard would sometimes appear on cold, stormy nights in the master bedroom. The ghostly figure of a man dressed in 19th century garb is sometimes seen in the wood in the windows or wandering the courtyard. What was the name of the fella she liked? His name was Zachary, but I don't know if it had a like a last name or nothing on there. What a dick. <laughs> what a motherfucking dick. Can I just say? He was never going to marry her. He was nah. just dragging her along. Oh, no, just stay up on the third floor. Oh, you know, eventually, you know, when the time is right. Oh, gosh, she's pressuring me. Okay, sure. Do this impossible thing. And then she's dead. Yeah, Asshole. was I mean, it was it even legal to marry her back then? Would it when even was have the been time? legal? I didn't know. I don't remember. 1850s. No idea. I don't I don't I mean, well, I don't think you could marry her. She was considered a slave. Yeah, it was like a slave was. and then because even still because she was an eighth black, she was a slave. Uh, which is fucked up. Um, Zachary, I hope that she's just like that. I hope that his ghost is the most unease and not hers. Like, oh, I hope she's dancing up there. She's naked in her hoop earrings, and she's just like, this is way better than being tied down to some rich white dude. 
I did see something where it was she was described. There's so many versions of this, but she was described as a dancing ghost up there. So she might be dancing up She's there. She's just like, this is the life that I like right here. Yeah, because you'd Living love free. to give Zachary the benefit of that. Maybe you wouldn't love to do that. No. But like, like if, if you gave Zachary the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, he really loved her and, he, you know, it was just a forbidden love. They could never really be together. He wouldn't make his her go fucking stand up on the roof naked and wait Not for her. Not if he just... really loved her. No. no. No, he's just being a dick. Maybe he got caught in a chess match and he got cornered and then he's like, Oh, my love is on the roof and she's dying up there. He and then when he could finally get match. when he finally could get away, <laughs> she was dead. But I don't know. I have not seen that version of the story. So that's the story of Julie, the naked ghost naked of New ghost? Orleans. Oh, poor Julie. I know. But you know what? I just hope that she's happy up there dancing. She's like, oh my God, I've been living on the third floor. I'll hold up. This is way better. Yeah, Woo! I'm free. I like all these stories are just like, oh yeah, you just go over there at this time and you'll see them with the ghosts. Like it's just <laughs> so easy afternoon. to see a ghost. Come yeah. on. Just buy this house. You'll see the ghost. You'll hear the footsteps. Like, <sighs> everyone gets to see ghosts, but Alyssa. All right. Okay. We are ve- going to veer away from ghosts a little bit <gasps> and enter the corner of cryptids. Ooh. So, uh, as I discovered today while researching, there is a cryptid of the Columbia River. Have you heard of this? It is... Colossal Claude. What? No. (laughs) Like, repeat it again. Colossal Claude. Like, colossal. Colossal. Like, big. Claude. Claude. Like, C L A W E D. Are we talking about a lobster or a crab? (laughs) Something with big claws. No clickety clicks. Claude uh, of the old timey names C L A U D E. Oh, okay. Colossal Claude. Got it. Colossal Claude. Uh, I got most of my information from OregonLive.com. The crew of the light ship Columbia during a relatively calm 1934 day beyond the Columbia River is credited with the first spotting of Claude. Oh, ooh, I get to do some accents now for you. was about 40 feet long. <laughs> Crew member L.A. Larson later recalled, it had a neck some eight feet long, a big round body, a mean-looking tail, and an evil, snaky look to his head. <laughs> Larson pointed Claude out to a fellow crew member, oh, two fellow crew members that day, and they spent some time watching it through binoculars. They asked for permission to lower a boat and go a- go after it, but the other officers discouraged the plan for fear that it would swamp the boat. It should be noted that duty on the Columbia this time of near- year was notoriously rough, and in January of 1934, not long before the Claude sighting, the Oregonian, that's the uh, newspaper here, reported that the ship's crew had successfully endured a month of dangerous storms, meaning only one crew member snapped. He became insane! 
the newspaper wrote, and had to be tied up for safety until a lighthouse tender was able to creep close enough three days later to take him off and hustle him ashore when he could relax and quiet his nerves. What is this accent? <laughs> I was like, the whoa, you really tiny? like absorb the, the, the uh, Oregon accent Oregon? at this point. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's so little. It sounds like the guy from the old, the 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 old man from uh, Family Guy. You sound like that old creepy, creepy pedophile. Yes, that's exactly who you sound like. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All that being said, the Claude sighting can't be dismissed simply as the result of hard hazardous work at sea. Fishermen and the crew of other vessels also saw the massive serpent. In 1937, a troller docked in Astoria, and the skipper came ashore and reported saying, okay, I'm going to do a different one now, a long, hairy, tan-colored creature with the head of an overgrown horse and about 40 feet long with a foot-long waist measure. The local fishermen. Oh man, I went back to my southern. And it, you know what? It's, it's fine. It, it was the a local, guy. the local fishermen listening to the tale nodded. Mm, that's Claude. One said. Marine biologists said Claude was probably a whale shark or some form of elasmo branch. But by the legend. But by then, the legend had overwhelmed such learned opinions. In 1967, Peter Keynes, who described himself in the Oregonian as a Portland writer of reasonable sobriety and crudality, said, mm, nope. Credility, not cruel. It's not cruel. It's more credible than cruel. Reasonably sane, reasonably sold, so, sober, and uh, reasonably cruel. Oh, reasonably cruel. All things. They said, uh, he said, It looked as though Colossal Claude would provide the state's chief competition for Scotland's legendary Loch Ness Monster. Noting that the creature was regularly seen by reputable witnesses, although there undoubtedly were some tall tales told about him, too. The problem is that Claude had disappeared. The once famous sea serpent hasn't shown up since the mid-1950s, Keynes admitted. And Colossal Claude remains missing to this day. In fact, he hasn't been mentioned in the Oregonian since 1967. And that is the story of Colossal Claude of the Columbia River. Uh, I have never heard of him. I'm very, I'm still have a lot of trouble like devising a mental image of what I think he looks like. Is he yeah. hairy? Is he slimy? Is Mostly he skinny? Serpent. Is he a whale? Like. <laughs> It's very confusing how even those two could be confused. <laughs> From the photos I've seen online, he's mostly serpent-like, kind of a long-ish body, but with a round middle at some point. And um, what did the guy say at first about his tail? Like a oh, a, a horrible uh, or something harsh tail. It um, was not. It was not descriptive <laughs> at all. It was just a. Uh, how can you describe something like- evil? Um, Mean-looking tail. A mean-looking tail. Yeah, that doesn't help at all. I picture spikes on his tail. It's got to be a spiky tail. 
Uh, but yeah, like some kind of a serpent. And then one guy said it, it looks like a camel head. No big deal. You know, <laughs> I mean, it does really like, okay. And then there was like a long uh, necky thing that went uh-huh. to a ball of a body. So that's very uh-huh. yeah, Loch Nessy. Yeah, but then someone else said his waist was a foot wide. Four like, feet long, four foot waist. Oh, four foot. I thought it was a one foot waist. Okay, no, sorry. Four foot, four foot waist. That's pretty. That's pretty decent. Pretty hefty. Okay, okay, okay. Belly. Wow. Um, the Columbia River. Have you seen it? Yes, it's, it's quite large. It I, is. I could see um, cla- colossal clod <laughs> hanging out in there. Well, and it it uh latches to the ocean at some point. So who knows what's coming and going from the, the yeah. big ocean into the columbia well that's exciting i i'll have to keep my eyes peeled next time i cross that would be impressive i think the 50s was the last time anybody saw something so like but yeah everybody started looking maybe he died absolutely he died especially if it was like well is the columbia salt water it's not right so like it was probably came from salt water and was like <laughs> it just took, it was a I real slow twenty year old death, right like <laughs> just coughed for twenty eh. years. Yeah, his head got bloated like a camel, and then he just was like, "Yeah, I don't know back. enough about water and salt and sharks and whales <laughs> enough to tell you that." Yeah. Although I think I, in the Potomac, when I when we were in D.C., we got this canoe, and there were like signs or sightings of like a bull shark in the river, which I don't oh. think it's a saltwater river, but like. They can kind of sometimes they can do both a like, little bit. I don't know. It's like if being it's, ambidextri- ambidextrous, yeah, yeah, yeah. of the amb- <laughs> water world. Wow. Well, I learned about a new cryptid today. That's very yeah. exciting. Claude. Claude. I'm not sure who named that one. Could it's confusing a, because could have chose a scarier name. Yeah, or one that doesn't sound like it's a giant. <laughs> lobster <laughs> or a crab because that's what i picture like when you hear it if you read it maybe not but claude it's colossal true. claude i never even thought about that that's so good oh Alyssa delights hey if any listener out there has a story that they would like to share naked serpent i like I don't know if I want to listen to just naked stories all that much. If you've seen a naked oh, I, ghost, I will. just okay. <laughs> <laughs> or write it while naked. You could maybe tell us oh, P.S. written counts? while naked. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, please. Yes. Yeah, sure. Include that detail. We're uh, curious. If you want to write it in, we do have an email. Yep. It's skeletalspodcast at gmail.com. You can also call and tell us about your naked ghost encounters at our hotline. It is 302-689-DEAD. 302-689-3323. Uh, we are on all the socials out there. So just go out there, put in Skeletals, Skeletals Podcast. We are there. You can send stories that way. You can just go over there and lurk and look at the fun, spooky stuff we post over there. That's not really spooky. It's more just fun. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Yeah, just like, follow, and share. Spread the word. Oh, yeah, there's one other thing that we have to tell everybody. Okay. Haunt y'all later. Haunt you later. Good night. Good night. And it's actually night. Yay.